Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from San Francisco Bay. Today is Tuesday, April 16th, 2018, and this is the 10 a.m. meeting Eastern Time. Today we are reading from the Big Book and we're on page 52. It's the second paragraph which starts with, we had to ask ourselves. We're going to read through two paragraphs which ends with, but the God idea did. Today's readers are Shannon S. on the 12 Steps, Melissa C.K. on the 12 Traditions, and on the text we have Sherry K.B., John K., and Leslie W. We have, for the newcomer greeter, we have Melanie C. The share ID for Monday, April 16th, 10 a.m. meeting is 11,303, 11,303. And the share ID for this morning's meeting, Tuesday, April 11th, April 17th at 7 a.m. is 11,305. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals through, through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Shannon S. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. Shannon S. Recovered from New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless small inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked them to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you, Shannon S. I will now ask Melissa C.K. to read the 12 Traditions. 
Good morning. This is Melissa C.K., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for allowing me to do service. Have a good day, everyone. Pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C.K. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions of the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 52, the second paragraph, which begins with, we had to ask ourselves. We'll read through two paragraphs, which end with, but the God idea did. And I will ask Sherry KB, to read that passage and to share. Sherry? Good morning, Sylvia. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for your service, Sylvia. Uh, we had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply our human problems, this same readiness to change our point of view. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were a prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Was not a basis solution of these bedevilments more important than whether we should 
see newsreels of linear flight? Of course it was. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. Put myself on a timer here. You know, the first thing I do when I'm reading this and I work with my sponsees, I ask them to put it in the I statements. So I'm going to go back on this and read it in the I um, to start here. Um, I had to ask myself why I shouldn't apply my human problems the same readiness to change my point of view. I was having trouble with my personal relationships. I couldn't control my emotional natures. I was prey to misery and depression. I couldn't make a living. I had a feeling of uselessness. I was full of fear. I was unhappy. I couldn't seem to be a real help to other people. Was was this not a basis solution of these bedevilments more important than whether I should be see newsreels of linear flight? Of course it was. When I saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, I had to stop doubting the power of God. My ideas did not work, but the God idea did. Um, and that's true, the God idea did work, because my ideas face down in the food never worked. Um, and I had to find that my higher power, I had to find it for the language of my own heart, first of all. And I love the word spirit of the universe. Um, and that when I look at these bedevilments, which means the unmanageability in my life, um, you know, I was so in denial because I was so full of the food. I was like in a sugar haze, um, you know, in the food, in the fog, when I was so in denial of all the stuff that was going on inside of me because I didn't want to feel anything bad. You know, it talks about um, on uh, Roman numeral 28 about how we're addicted to ease and comfort, and I was one of those people. I didn't want to feel a bad feeling for a second. And so I denied a lot of this until I got into the work and I put the food down, and I got into the steps, and I started doing the work because I was full of self-pity and misery, and I didn't want to admit it because until I looked at my part and, and stopped looking at other people's part and internalizing, blaming others for, for things, I was miser- miserable and unhappy. Um, and so I couldn't, I couldn't be of real help to other people because there was an underlining thing of, as long as you did what I wanted – then I was happy. And so um, what it reminds me of is um, on page 62, it talks about selfishness and self-centeredness. Self-centeredness, that we think is the, the root of my troubles, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. And you know what? With working these steps, it changed my life, and it can change your life too. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Okay, we're on page 52, second paragraph. We had to ask ourselves, and we're going to read for two paragraphs, and who would like to share? Carrie N. A. Lucy in Oregon. Okay, so I missed a lot, but let me tell you that. uh, Okay, so let um, let me tell you that I got John K., and I got Lucy, and I got Roz G., but I missed the first two because you were on top of each other. Who was that? Jen A., Jen A. Carrie S. Carrie S. Thanks. So. Okay, so I have Jen A. Carrie S. John K. Lucy. We'll get your last initial in a minute. Raj G. Anybody else? 
Lauren A. Lauren A. Aliyah A. Aliyah A. Anyone else? That's a good group, though. Okay, and I think I uh, got the last name wrong. We'll, Laura we'll T. Check me in. Kelly Laura T. T. And Kelly T. Okay, we got plenty. Jen A., Carrie S., John K., Lucy, Roz G., uh, Lauren A., and I have Aaliyah A. I think maybe that's the same person, but we'll see. Laura T. and Kelly T. And so Jen A., start, and uh-huh. Carrie, you're in the, you're waiting. Jen? Hi, Sylvia. Jen, can I be heard? Yes. Good morning. Thank you for your service, Sylvia. Thank you for everybody on the line and behind the scenes. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic from the state of Colorado. And um, I always get pretty, pretty excited um, when we come to this paragraph um, because it's um, unmanageability, right? It's the unmanageability paragraph. And I have to be truly honest with um, everybody on the line is when I came to this program, um, my life was not unmanageable. You see, I was managing it fine with food and restricting and binging and purging. And um, everything was just great for me. Um, My biggest thing is I don't want to die. And so if you're going to tell me how I'm not going to die, what I had to hear was 30 pages later, and that was those promises, the promises that every single one of these bedevilments. And um, that's what I heard sitting in the room, and I was hooked. I was hooked even better um, by these promises than I was any um, item in a bakery. So for me, um, you know, once I heard these promises, I started digging deeper, and I was in step one, right? And uh, unmanageability, things just started being revealed to me. That's the, that's the uh, blessing of this program is that I began to see how my personal relationships were a mess how I could not keep um, anything emotionally intact at all with my kids, with my coworkers, with my ex-husband. I was having problems keeping track of money, making a living. Um, And, you know, talk about feeling useless. I was, I I felt totally useless, isolated. I isolated myself, but I didn't feel I was really of use to anyone or anything or anybody. I was living in total fear and was unhappy. And um, so by going through these steps in sequential order and having the spiritual awakening, I look back now on page 52 and say, thank you, God, um, because no longer do I have to live um, in this unmanageability um, because of this practical program of action. I think that's the coolest thing for me is now um, I live in all those promises So for any of you who are new on the line, who are maybe in steps one or two or just, you know, just searching this out for the first time, there is hope. Um, There is a light at the end of the tunnel. The food is but a symptom. Um, It was for me. And then, um, you know, as we're all going through the work, I know, you know, just sitting on the phone with a fellow last night, you know, reviewing my day with somebody else. Talk about being really real with somebody and saying, this is this is how I'm feeling, and I can't figure out why I'm feeling a little funky, right? And they're like, uh, yeah, can you hear it and what you're saying? And I'm like, no, having someone else point that out is crucial for me and saying, oh, that's right. I do need to put pen to paper. I do need to get clear because I want to be aligned with my higher power 
so that I can be experiencing these promises day in and day out. So, um, yeah, human problems. I have a lot of those, um, but you know what? I'm super thankful um, that not only on 52 do we get to see the unmanageability, but there is a solution. It's the 12 steps, spiritual awakening, and thank you, God, there are the promises. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jen A. Carrie S., followed by John K. Thank you, Sylvia. This is Carrie S., gratefully recovered in Golden, Colorado. And thank you, God, for the sunlight of the spirit that can shine after working these steps because I am a testament that it is true. And it is. There is so much hope here if you are struggling. Um, So for me, I had to be really teachable. I had to be a total blank slate because I was overcomplicating everything in my misery and my depression. And, and I was all, all of these, I like, I heard them the the morning call. These are the the anti promises. So I I could suggest that I could either live in the, in this misery of being in, you know, personal relationships and emotional, my emotional nature that I was um, full of fear or I, my fears can fall away from me. And I can feel the nearness of my creator. And, and I begin to have these spiritual experiences. And, and my eating problem disappears. And food becomes neutral. I'm safe and protected from, from the food. And really what it came down to for me was, could I do what somebody else is guiding me, asking me to do? And I just want to, here's an example of, a beginner mind, a, a newcomer coming into program, and I suggest you know call this person and see if they if they have what you want maybe. And she texts me back and she says, and I quote, I get resentful when people want me to jump through hoops just for their help. I'll be fine on my own. That is the kind of selfishness that I lived in for years. I didn't want someone to guide me through the steps. I could get myself through the steps right? That's our insanity. We are less than whole when we are in the food. We think that we can do it on our own. So if you think you can get yourself through these steps, I'm just here to tell you it it takes having this willingness, this ability to stop overanalyzing everything, to stop overthinking it, stop over-controlling this program. That doesn't work and didn't work for me. It kept me in the misery of the food for years, and um, and I'll, next month I'll have one year of entire abstinence from my alcoholic foods, and that's a miracle. That's an absolute miracle. So do I feel as if I'm on the broad highway walking hand in hand? I do. And and so please, if you're out there, just get a hold of somebody and walk yourself through, get them to walk you through this book. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Carrie S., John K. followed by Lucy. Good morning. This is John Kieran, compulsive overeater in Los Angeles. Uh, you know these bedevilments. I I was in program for a long time. I hate, I hate to say. Uh, you know, I, I I heard somebody say it once. I thought it was so funny and it sort of identified. They said the first time I ran in program, I worked the tools. Second time, I worked the steps. And I so wish I had worked the steps so much earlier. Not not. I was sober, well, sober with quotes around it, um, but I was slipping and sliding in a way, and I could not see 
a lot of these things. And these, the devilments in particular, you know, must have read this chapter. I don't know how many times. Of course, the big big book studies we did would read either the whole chapter or a lot of it. And you know, some of these, you know, these chapters are so packed that you got to do what they do. We do here and, and take the one paragraph or two paragraphs at a time. You know, and again, it took years for somebody to explain that the bedevilments were the opposite of the promises. We're having trouble with personal relationships, we'll lose interest in selfish things, couldn't control our emotional natures, we'll comprehend the word serenity, pray to misery and depression. Now, with me, our whole attitude will change. You couldn't make a living? Well, not that much, but fear of economics and insecurity, definitely. You know, and we're full of uselessness. You know, lose that full of fear. This is the one that I think was the absolute core of the majority of my character defects. And 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 the, the point being, <clears throat> I just really wish I'd not, I had been working these steps because even without drinking and maybe at times without eating, I was still my own worst enemy in so many areas in my life because I didn't work on my character defects. And as a result, I went through life always in a very reactive mode, always trying, you know, to do things. You know, like, you know, when I came into the program, you know, the 10 step promises are the only thing I wanted. I wanted to have my food down in a position of neutrality. I would look at these nine step promises. Yeah, I guess it'd be nice to, to do things a little different. I had no idea. Part of that is until you do more work in this program, you don't realize how much of the problems in your life you are causing. I was, oh, I had all the, everybody is doing this to me and everybody that. And the reality was it wasn't that. It was me. 90% of the things in my life were me causing them and I couldn't see it. But, you know, my ego, uh, you know, I had the instant gratification. It would be more important for me to tell somebody to, you know, uh, you know, go take a fly and you know what, rather than realize, Jesus is going to really hurt me, uh, that in the total in, impulsiveness. And, and it, as a result, I just, again, my own worst enemy. And I love my two favorite pages in the big book are 132 and 133, and mostly about happy, joyous, and free. But there's a great line there that says, avoid then the deliberate manufacture of misery. And I did that. And it took me years to look backwards and realize, you know, it's that great uh, line that Dr. Paul has in, in the uh, acceptance chapter about I had to find a new pair of glasses. I needed to see it was really about me and my reactivity to the world that was causing me 90% of the harm uh, as opposed to the world doing it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, John Kay. Lucy, if you could give me your um, last, initially your last name, and then Rod's G. Hello, thank you. This is Lucy R. And I am a very grateful, recovered, but not cured person today. I have the 12 steps, and I have my higher power to thank. Um, I came into the uh, rooms sort of sideways. Um, I had a lot of resistance. I was 311 pounds. Today, I am 100. Uh, I've lost 131 pounds, and I've kept it off. But more important than that, I have a life that works right now, <laughs> and it's thanks to my higher power and the 12 steps. Now, my personal relationships are healthy. I can control my emotional nature. I'm not miserable or depressed anymore, which is saying a lot. I can make a living now. I'm useful to others, which is a huge deal because I didn't used to be. 
I have faith, much more faith now than fear. And I am content. I am in a neutral position now. And the reason why is the 12 steps. They gave me a close, personal, intimate relationship with a power greater than myself, with the spirit of the universe. Um, I never knew I could have that. And I'm so grateful. Uh, The 12 steps have helped me to become God-reliant. I'm no longer self-reliant, and that's why I am so different today. Um, My life is working now, and I'm living in steps 10, 11, and 12, and um, I'm so grateful, and I'll pass. Thank you, Lucy R. Rise G, followed by Lauren A. This is Roz G. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. I'm driving at high speed. <laughs> um, well, my name is Roz G, and I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Los Angeles. And I was thinking about all the shares and how I, and all you know, ever since this morning, they're all been so helpful. And I was thinking about my own take on this. And for me, with personal relationships, Rise. We okay. Yeah. There you are. Back. Okay. Okay. Sorry, it's probably the road. But when I was in the most sick part of my disease, my relationships with people were what? What could they do for me? Like people, uh, Roz was oppressed, and it was always, "Oh, bless your heart. Oh, hang in there. Oh." Wait on God. Oh, submit and and live a godly life before your husband so he can see how it's supposed to be. But was my life really attractive? I was overweight, broke, had no hope. Even though I professed it, I didn't live a life of hope. I lived a life of oppression and dependence. I depended upon other people. My mother would buy groceries for us numerous times. My cousins would loan me money or give me money to pay bills. The church would give me money to pay bills. And I depended on the government for welfare, for welfare, for food stamps. I was not God-reliant. I was reliant on, on everybody else and every other principality stood in line. And I love how in the morning it says, God gave us, gives us a brain. And so through the 12-step program, Overeaters Anonymous, clearing my mind of sugar hazes and flour and food and overeating hazes, I took myself, God took me back to school. And I don't, you know, I'm really grateful that I have a college education, but, you know, what really matters is my relationship with that textbook. I've read millions, well, hundreds of textbooks, but the biggest, the most important textbook that has been the most important to me is, of course, the big book. It has taught me how to live. So today I don't depend on people. I depend on God, and I ask him to direct my thinking and for guidance every morning but he's given me sufficiency to be able to support myself. I was able to support my children. 
today I'm able to give back and, you know, just be a big tipper. And, I don't, and I'm not saying that in, in boasting, but, you know, I look at other waitresses and, you know, car wash people and stuff, and I give them big tips because I can think about what it was like for me when I was broke and poor. And now time, I'm able to Russ. And thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Raj G. Lauren A. followed by Aaliyah A. Hi, this is Lauren A. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. Good. I am from Minnesota, but I'm down in Florida. Praise God for that. Um, I love this paragraph, and it's so funny. I don't know how these things happen, but they always do. I was talking about the bedevilments last night to my sponsor, and today we read them. And um, I got a perfect score on it, and I got sober from from alcohol 30 years ago Sunday, and I and I started OA not very long after that. So 20 some years I've been in and out of OA, and it just occurred to me when I talked to my sponsor last night that yeah I got sober and yes I worked the steps. I went to meetings, blah blah blah. But did I really 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 work the steps, and did I really give everything to God? No, because Sober from alcohol, I had all the bedevilments, and now I'm convinced that I can make a living, not be full of fear, not be useless, and all these other things, that I can have the promises rather than the bedevilments, because I'm really working the steps really hard in OA. And of course, I, I never gave up the food for any length of time. I tried to, but all I did was make, you know, I went back and forth from God being my higher power to food being my higher power, and it didn't work very well. The food... Food does not make a good higher power. And I was thinking about what someone had said earlier about blaming other people for what was wrong with me. You know, the relationships, of course, were not my fault. I was in bad relationships with my sister, for instance, because she's mean, you know. But I'm going to read another uh, sentence from page 62. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past we had made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. And, you know, I love that sentence and I hate it because it's so convicting to me. You know, um, invariably, that means it's never another way. We have made decisions based on self. I hate that, but it's true. And I'm so glad to be in a vision for you. I know it's going to make the difference for me. And I'm going to work the steps like I never have before because I want to feel like I never have before. I want to feel happy, joyous, and free on a regular basis. And there's going to be times when I don't. And one of my, you know, I've been sober all these years, so I've been around a lot of people that have gone through treatment. I went through treatment, blah, blah, blah. I know a lot about addiction, and I have, of course, a lot of theories about addiction. And one of them is that we addicts want to be happy all the time, and nobody is. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to learn to be as happy as I can, but I'm also going to learn to to be okay when I don't feel so happy. That's okay. I can live through it, not eat, not go off on somebody else. And thanks, everybody. Thank you, the moderator, and uh, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren A. Aaliyah A. followed by Laura T. Aaliyah, star one. Yes, hi. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Okay, great. So my name is uh, Alia. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. 
Um, I, this is the first time uh, I share, actually. So my sponsor encouraged me uh, to share. I just finished uh, the 12 steps. So it was uh, an amazing uh, journey. Um, when I joined this uh, program, <clears throat> basically, when I st- I'm actually from Houston. Sorry, I forgot to mention I'm from Houston. When I started this uh, program, I just wanted to eat clean in order to improve my digestive uh, health. That's the main reason I joined. Plus, I wanted to uh, lose some uh, weight. Uh, But then quickly I realized that this program is slowly changing my life in many, many aspects, uh, like relationship, and it's touching all the aspects of my life, which I found really uh, to be uh, amazing. Uh, For example, it helped me to face my fears, and I didn't even have self-awareness uh, of my uh, defects. I didn't realize, you know, that fear is a, is a, a personal defect. And I realized that I could, I, I thought I could handle them uh, alone. But then when I, and I would, of course, eat over my emotions and uh, that, you know, uh, that was the cycle. So now that I realized that there's a higher power that, you know, is helping me and supporting me and, you know, it's been much easier for me and I, it's okay to feel my feelings and process them and do the steps uh, to, to, to help me. And it's, you know, the results I see, you know, working with my sponsor and doing the 12 step are just um, uh, amazing. I, I focus on my defects. I pray over them. I've made amends. Uh, I'm more aware of them. And my life is changing slowly to the better and it got me much closer to my higher uh, power. So that, you know, I'm uh, very grateful because at the end of the day, it's making me a better uh, person and I'm relying on God and not on uh, myself. So, you know, I want to thank everybody on the line for all these amazing calls. And, you know, I uh, listen to them and, you know, with uh, working the the steps with my sponsor and making outreach call and everybody who's uh, helped me. So, yeah, it's been an amazing journey. I'm still new, you know. Uh, I have a lot to learn. I'm just peeling, you know, the onion one layer at a time. And every day I'm learning and growing. So I'm really very grateful for uh, for this program and uh, to my higher power and to all of you. Thank you for letting me share. And with this, I pass. Thank you, Aliyah. Laura T., followed by Kelly T. Hi, thank you so much. This is Laura T., grateful to recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic in Washington State. Um, I love these paragraphs. They provide hope because it describes really the core of the problem, right? We thought that food was our problem, but it was actually we were using that, and I was using that in particular for um, comfort, for ease, for basically everything that the higher power does right? And it wasn't until I was able to get some distance from that behavior that I was able to see, wow, you know, the binge purge cycle that I had done with food, I did the same thing with finances. I did the same thing with relationships. I did the same thing with my work life and trying to control everything. And working steps 10, 11, and 12 every day keeps me honest about my character defects that if left unchecked would drive me to the food. But fortunately, we all have this wonderful program that is the solution that, you know, is, is our daily reprieve every day. And that's, that's our job, right? And our payment is uh, relief from the compulsion. And our medicine 
it's so cool to have a disease that our medicine is other people, right? And I mean, the higher power ultimately, of course, but they say this is a we program, and I totally believe that. You know, by reaching out every day, the big book tells us nothing ensures our immunity more than working with another person who shares our same affliction. So I'm so grateful uh, to have the solution, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Laura T. Kelly T. Kelly, star one. Hi. Hi, this is Kelly T. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Hi, my name is Kelly T. from New York City. Um, This is such a beautiful, the whole book is beautiful. Um, It's true, without a higher power, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, The end of March has been a whole year of entire accident, and I would have never achieved it without that higher power. I remember coming into the rooms in OA, and I was like, I was desperate. I was like, I I can't stop eating. So I went to the rooms to stop the the binging, but I couldn't stop. And I thought I could control it because I thought I was God. I could control this. It it had to take me a lot of um, falling to my face. I don't know how many times I had to fall to my face until I hit that bottom, this horrible bottom that I live that I would never want to live again to realize that without that higher power I am nothing it's like what he says in the like I, I heard before in the rooms either God is or isn't and I think it says it in the bit book so um I had to learn the hard way some people come in the rooms and they get it right away but for me it was that ego had to be uh, smashed day after day and even today, I have to make sure that I'm doing God's will. Because there are times I, I don't want to do God's will. I want to do my will. But what that's going to do for me? That's going to lead me back to the food. So it's a daily reprieve. Every day, I have to turn over to my higher power. Every day, I have to pray in. I have to meditate. I have to do the footwork. Without the footwork, I would not have that connection with my higher power that I have today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly T. We're on page 52, second paragraph, which starts with, we had to ask ourselves, and it ends with two paragraphs later, but the God idea did, and I have probably time for about three people, maybe four. Lori T. Another Lori, okay, Lori T. That was confusing, but yes, I got you. Pam W. Pam W. Terry H. Terry H. Terry A.H. Yes, Terry H., I think, right? A, A, middle name A.H. Okay, Terry A.H. Okay. Okay, we'll go with that. Lori T., Pam W., Terry A.H. Lori, go ahead. Hi, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for this meeting and for this way of um, experiencing life with people trying to do the same thing I am. And I was just looking at these sentences here about um, was not a basic solution of these bedevilments more important than whether we should see newsreels of lunar flight. And, you know, and I, I spoke yesterday, we were reading about the actual development of flight from, you know, the failures and blah, blah, blah. And so to me when I read this this morning, it was kind of like, isn't a basic solution 
more important than somebody else's miracle because sometimes I even find myself listening to me and I'll be like, wow, wow, listen to their recovery. I mean, not, that is amazing. It's like watching a newsreel of a lunar flight. You know, they've been catapulted to the fourth dimension. And wow, isn't that amazing? But isn't a more basic solution of my own bedevilment more important than that? So it reminds me that while this is good feeding ground, this somebody else's miracle can't sustain me. I'm going to have to get to my own basic solution. And, of course, there in the next paragraph it says, when we saw others. So there's definitely value in listening to others' stories or newsreels of lunar flights. I mean, that's, that's why we're here. That's the purpose of the meeting. Um, but what it says is that by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, and this is what gets me, we had to stop doubting the power of God. When I hear somebody else's miracle, I have a tendency to think that they did it. They did it. They freaking did it. And I doubted the power of God in their story. <clears throat> Even though they mention it many, many times, obviously with some humility, with tremendous humility. But sometimes I miss the point. I think that the person somehow did it. And I do doubt the power of God when I hear these other newsreels of lunar flight. But it says we had to stop. And for me, it reminds me today, I have to stop doubting the power of God, just like I have to put the food down and I have to cease fighting. I, there are certain things I have to do, and they maybe aren't as explicit in the 12 steps, but they're explicit here when you read and study this textbook. I have to stop doubting the power of God. And for me, that's kind of um, my takeaway from these two paragraphs today, and I'm, I'm thankful because I do do that at various moments during the day, and especially when I hear maybe not even in program, when I hear other people's spectacular stories, I somehow think, wow, they are really powerful. But the truth of the matter is in my life and the truth of my reality is that we're all powerless as, as humans, that any life run on self-will um, cannot be of, of tremendous value. And so uh, this helps remind me that it is the power of God that gives us the basic solution and can give me continue to give me those basic solutions to these bedevilments. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori T. Pam W., followed by Terry A.H. Hi, I'm Pam W. I'm a compulsive overeater in San Diego. Um, Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thank you. Thank everybody who uh, put this meeting on. I really super appreciate it. And um, I totally relate to the bedevilments. Uh, It's so funny, though, because when I first got to program, I was in so much denial that I thought, you know, all of those things were fine. (laughs) It's so funny to me now. Um, But um, after after a while and reality uh, of understanding what it means to be a compulsive overeater, that when life does not go my way, my solution is, oh, I'll eat this. You know, so when those um, relationships, problems came up, I started to recognize that I had them, you know, and I, it took me really a long time to recognize that I was full of fear, but I was always full of fear because um, I just, didn't want anybody to find out who I really was. And I didn't know who I really was either uh, because I knew it was going to be bad, you know. So 
So that feeling of being full of fear was a long road for me to really start to understand what this, what compulsive overeating was doing for me. I could see what it was doing to me, uh, but to see what it was really doing for me. And then when the God ideas, it's a simple reliance upon the spirit of the simple. That's not easy. You know, simple is not easy necessarily. Um, We had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. So that was a, a very long journey for me because uh, in my understanding of higher powers and gods, you know, I had to be good. And if I wasn't good, I couldn't ask God for help. Well, you know, I was really not good. So it was really a tough, if I asked God for help and I wasn't good, then I was a hypocrite because I knew I was going to be bad at some point. So like that, the twist of my mind was just made it so difficult for me to be able to ask for help. And um, I'm just so grateful for this program and for this book. You know, it has been the unwinding of me from the inside out. And uh, I I do have a higher power today. And when I am, uh, and when I do stop and ask for help and pause and wait, you know, the universe shows up, God shows up. And it's a beautiful thing. And, um, and I can be, I can live life on life's terms without having to compulsively overeat. And I have a normal body size and shape today. And um, I know I'm very clear about what my abstinence is. And um, that's a lot of freedom. So uh, thank you guys again for putting on the meeting. And thanks for letting me share. That's it. Thank you, Pam W. Terry A.H. And I might have time for one short share after her, but Terry. Thanks, Sylvia. My name is Terry A.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. And i um, grateful to be here this morning. Um, I love, the, love this paragraph. Um, I learned so much about this paragraph within the last two years when it says we had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply our human problems the same readiness to change my point of view. So I got to see, you know, this is the second half of step one, and I got to see my powerless, you know, with the allergy. I get to see the powerlessness with the obsession. Now I get to see the powerless with the unmanageability of my life. And what I learned from this, this paragraph, if merely just quitting compulsive overeating you know, were the solution to my problem, then these bedevilments would disappear when I got abstinent. And um, you know, it, it's, the bedevilments are the manifestation um, of the spiritual malady. They're not actually the spiritual malady. They're the reflection of the spiritual malady. And when, when I say that, the spiritual malady is an internal condition. Um, and the bedevilments show me my spiritual separation. So, you know, I had to, you know, the bedevilments are anything, you know, that torments me, frustrates me, or harasses me. So I have to ask myself, what's the tension that's going on with me today, you know, that I can't fix on my own power? And, you know, the question that I ask, can I sit in a chair and just change or fix my problems that are going on? Or do I need, you know, a power greater than myself to, to help me solve these problems. And, um, you know, where it says emotional natures, it was brought to my attention that it doesn't say emotions. You know, can I control my emotions? Because the emotions are what goes on outside. So, example, you know, uh, if I'm angry at you, you know, I can control my anger by being, you know, putting on this happy face at you. But can I, can actually, can I actually control what's going on inside me? Like I'm stirring up, I'm boiling up inside. Can I control that? And that's the spiritual malady. And, you know, I had to ask myself, you know, how does the way that I've been trying to address my problems work for me in the past? 
you know, what makes me believe that if I only, you know, had these ideas, you know, to even try harder that they would work. And, you know, my truth is that the way that I had been living never worked. And um, so it tells me, you know, when we saw, saw others solve their problems, their simple, simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, the God idea worked. You know, I had to ju all I had to do was be willing to give this God idea, you know, a try. And, you know, my old saying is, if you don't first succeed, try, try again. But my new idea is, if you first don't succeed, try it God's way. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Terry A. Nancy L., you have two minutes. Go for it. Oh, thank you so much for your service. Hi, everybody. I'm Nancy L. from Arizona. Um, very, very grateful for this meeting. And um, I had trouble make, making a living. You know, when I, when I first read that, I thought, well, I never had trouble making a living. I was always working. But, you know, I had to really stop and take a, a big, hard swallow there. Uh, yes, I was always working, but I had a different boss and a different office just about every year. Um, I always, always was never satisfied with my job because nobody there was perfect like me. You know, I was just totally into myself and into my eating and uh, I knew there was a perfect job out there somewhere, and I was about to find it. You know, and it was, it was bad. Because, you know, with every new job I had, I had to start back at low base income. You know, I mean, the salary was, was at the beginner stage. So here I am 11 years later from when I first started working in the dental field, still brand new in a job and, and making what all the new people in my uh, occupation we're making. The other people that could keep a job and work for 11 years, they were making, you know, they had had many raises. And that was just one idea of the benevolences that I went through. It was always me pointing the finger, but not anymore. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy L. That's all the time that we have today. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Tuesday. And um, stick around after the recording's done because we're going to greet newcomers and uh, get sponsors and um, ask for outreach. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will John Kay please read A Vision for You? The book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.